Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University, and we're back. I'm an author, psychologist, and speaker. Every week, we talk about how to love yourself, others, and higher nature, how to improve your finances, career, relationships, spiritual, and physical health, and emotional health. And in our times today with the pandemic and people are more isolated and depression, uh, and also spending more time uh, with your love partner, sometimes there's more conflict because you're there with them a lot of the time and there's a lot of frustration. So we want to talk today about something lighter, something more positive, and that's humor, laughter. So our topic today is how to laugh your way to a happy marriage or relationship, how humor can enhance your relationship. And I have a great guest today to help us do that. This is Bob Eckstein, award-winning illustrator, cartoonist, best-selling New York Times author. He's a contributing editor of Writer's Digest. His cartoons have appeared in the New York Times, the New Yorker, and have been exhibited in the Cartoon Art Museum in London. He's an expert on snowmen, independent bookstores, and marrying your enemy, which we're going to talk about. His two latest books are All is Fair in Love and also The Elements of Stress and the Pursuit of Happy-ish. Welcome, Bob, to the show. Oh, thank you. Great to see everyone. Yeah, high five, everybody. Uh, now, we saw you at the Miami Book Festival last year before everything uh, went uh, bonkers, and uh, we're seeing you again. And now you have a fascinating new book out, uh, All is Fair in Love. Actually, this is the book right here. We're going to talk about it. It's kind of a cartoon version of humor and love, relationships, singles and married folks. Now, you have a great story. You're telling me that in college, you met a woman that you kind of hated in some way competitively. And then later on in a funeral, you met her again and you fell in love and she became your wife. And one thing I want to talk to you about, Bob, is, you know, one of our um, very esteemed uh, psychologists in marriage, John Gottman, says that conflict doesn't necessarily mean a due marriage. In fact, it may indicate passion. But the key is how do you resolve it, uh, whether you do it through what he calls softeners, ways in which you can use humor to diffuse things, and even a, a touch or affection can do that. So tell us your story, and how do you, how do you diffuse that sure. conflict with your wife? Well, um, well, we'll start from the beginning in that it, when I was in art school, as we all do, we always have a nemesis yes. you know, in school, in college, and I, and I had one as well. Well, the reason why we became enemies was that the teachers were pitting our artwork against each other. Oh, okay. And the teacher would hold up our work, and uh, it would always be, you know, there was this adversity between us. And it, it all uh, kind of came to a head when one day the teacher held up our work together. We were doing an assignment on business cards, and uh, my enemy got up in tears and left the classroom. It was really terrible, okay. very embarrassing. Wow. And, but we did share mutual friends and we found out through the grapevine our mutual disdain for each other. Mm. Now, fast forward ahead a dozen years to a funeral. Um, you know, we all think about our enemy and we think one day we're going to run into them again. And this time we're gonna be in a sports car with a beautiful <laughs> spouse in the front passenger seat. Or something like that. Or they'll see us in LinkedIn and we're the, the art director for ABC Carpet or something. In this case, nothing in life ever goes as planned. I, I always remind myself that on paper, it's a lot different than real life. And in this case, I ran into her at the funeral. Um, when I met her in school, by the way, she would wear babushkas on her hair and, and pajamas and make this great entrance. And uh, mm -hmm. she was really quite, quite a character. Okay. This time she was wearing black, unfortunately. Oh. And uh, we were both very friendly. Mm -hmm. We hit it off. We were asked by the family of the deceased friend of ours if we would please consider together helping them put together a memorial art show oh. and also help design their daughter's tombstone. 
It's a very oh. solemn uh, experience, Good. and we were thrown together. Ah. And and the, the interesting thing was is that um, this is a wonderful gift that our friend gave to us after her her life. Yes. That she continued the communication between me and my enemy, that would later become my wife. And what happened was is that as I was in communication with this person, uh, she was sharing different things she was doing. And uh, one of the things she explained was that she was involved in a charity called Meals on Wheels. Yes. And she would and she would take a van through New York City to the nooks and crannies of, of New York City's uh, bad neighborhoods, actually, yes. like going underneath bridges and places, uh, dark alleys that uh, people needed to be fed. And she was doing this, and, and she's such a brave person. Wow. And I was worried, and I asked if I could tag along. And I did follow her, and I kind of tried to, to, to learn more about her. And, and that's the moment in the relationship that was the turning point. Every, every relationship, whether it's with your yes. uh, a loved one or a boss or something, has right. a turning point. I Seeing see. her compassionate yes. and dealing with homeless people right. made me fall in love with her. So she was a humanitarian and a giver, it looked like. Were you physically attracted to her or she to you, as far as you know? No, it had Not nothing really? to do with that initially. Mm -hmm. it, okay. it all had to do with me seeing what I thought was these saintly goods. So her, the, inner, the, her inner the, beauty, her inner quality. Yeah, yeah. I um, I was seeing someone else. I broke up with them because I knew this was going to be serious. Yes. And then once we started um, seeing each other differently, I kind of had the attitude, well, this might as well happen. And we eloped to Iceland. <laughs> wow. So, so it's really a, a real transformation and kind of yes. shows that anything can happen. If you're open to the idea, like if your heart is open and you can be spontaneous. Uh, you mentioned point, the, word, right? the, the word enemy is kind of a hard word. I mean, it's almost like you hate. Did you really hate her that way? Or do you say that in a facetious way? Or how do you, how do you no, mean? I guess it's more like the healthy competition we all have with somebody. Yes. You know, I think that okay. um, I try to teach myself that in, in my own life or with careers and stuff that yes. you should not feel any animosity toward your competitors. Yes, right. And that you stay in your own lane and do right. the best that you can do. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. uh, psychology would call that upward comparison. If someone's doing better than you, you actually feel worse. And some people do downward comparison. They compare themselves with something doing worse, and then you feel better. But the best way is inward comparison. Like you're saying, compare yourself to, to your, you know, your improvement and your growth, and then you yeah. feel better as a result. Uh, but yeah. it takes some maturity. Sometimes people don't get into that, that stage. Now, the other thing, Bob, that uh, you're very good at humor. It seems like humor is your thing. And uh, last time we were laughing a lot in Miami. We were having a good time. Now, I see you a little more yeah. somber today. Are you still humorous or have you lost your funny bone? No, no. Oh, no, no, please. <laughs> no, no. This, we're in a pandemic, so yeah, I have that. But, yes. but yeah, no, I mean, humor is my thing. And, you know, my saying is, is uh, things could not get worse. Ah. But things could get but things could get funnier. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, that's why I threw myself into yes. uh I had to pivot like everyone else. We yes. all had major adjustments. Right. And in my case, what I did was I went to teaching, writing, and drawing at NYU. Yes. And then I started taking on book projects. Right. And uh, the, the one book project is sort of a love letter that I have mm. toward people I truly admire, which is yes. a great gag cartoonist. Ah. And the book, the one book you held up, or yes. I'll hold it up to, oh, yeah, it's, okay. this, it's a purple book. Yes. It's a, called All's Fair in Love and War. It's yes. a collection of the world's greatest cartoonists. Yes. And I've always looked up to them. 
I'm indebted to them because they inspired me and taught me how to be a better gag cartoonist. Yes. So I put their best work together in this piece. Uh, it's all about love and marriage yes. and divorce. Exactly. Yeah, all the sides of it. Now, you're the editor of this this piece. And yeah. uh, one thing that's interesting, humor, as we know, Richard shows, is very positive. There are a lot of benefits, physical and mental. It reduces stress, reduces endorphins. It can improve your creativity, your social desirability, even your sex appeal. Research shows that females are more attracted to males with a sense of humor. Actually, even in couples, in married couples, uh, women are more sexually fulfilled. Uh, they actually have more orgasms and more frequency of sex when the man is funny, which has got an interesting thing. So you got to be funnier, I guess. Uh, you're and, making me and, blush over here. <laughs> you, like, you might not see it, but really, you're, you're making me uncomfortable. Okay, well, you're doing good. You're doing good. Uh, it shows actually intelligence and creativity. So that's an attractive trait in mates. Now, let's talk a little bit about your cartoons in here. Now, they're, they're really very funny. And I actually categorize them based on certain kind of trends or themes. For example, the initial idea of a single person. Uh, I wrote a book called Love Types, which I think you know about, which talks about compatibility and, and love, personality yes. types. Initially, we have the dating masquerade, I call it, where people put on a mask and then they try to impress the other person with their personality that may be different from who they really are. When the mask comes off, then often you're incompatible when you realize who you are. So one of the cartoons was kind of cool. Uh, it was saying that, uh, uh, this woman introduced her boyfriend to the, the family, and she says, and by the way, he looks like Dracula. And she's saying, <laughs> I know, I know, but I can change him. So it's <laughs> And then another one that was kind of cool is uh, two snails are looking at a, a tape dispenser, a scotch tape. And one of the snails says to the other, I don't care if she's a tape dispenser. I love her. <laughs> well, to, to go back to what you said, first first I want to say you're, you're absolutely right. We all have that. First of all, the sales pitch. Yes. We all have an elevator pitch, right. and we all have about 10 minutes of really good stories. And then we find out the person really loves us because we run out of material. Okay, that's true. And we'll see, <laughs> and then we'll see if they're going to love us for ourselves. That's a good you, point. You, but you also mentioned uh, sex appeal and humor's role in us attracting the opposite sex. Yes. I actually go into that in the, the first part of the book, there's an introduction about that because yes. that's absolutely true. It's amazing how much it plays a role because as a, a, a potential mate, we want to be someone who's going to get us through the, the rocky roads of life yeah. because it's a long road right? and it's a, it's a bumpy road. And as the melons fall off that truck <laughs> onto the, the bumpy road of life, yes. you want someone there next to you to get you through with some laughter. Definitely. And actually, it's not necessarily that you need to have the same sense of humor. For example, you might like right. slapsticks, you might like uh, puns, but it's that you can create humor together, like the way you go out and see the world, you know, like this is kind of funny or the way the waiter did something. So that is what actually yeah. predicts marital satisfaction, relationship satisfaction, is you can create humor together, you know, as you're out in the world. Now, now the other thing is uh, the thing about trying to change a person. Now, I don't know if you ever tried that or she tried it with you is that we fall in love with an image sometimes of what we think the person should be or is. For example, an introverted person who likes to stay home a lot may act like they're extrovert they're, you know, in the dating stage. right? They'll go out and socialize and party. Then when they get home uh, and when they get married, then they want to stay home all the time. And they say, you're a couch potato. Well, I'm an introvert. And the other person is always going out and you wonder why they want to go out and spend time with other people. So that's an issue sometimes. Have you found that in yeah. either your relationship or in other relationships where people try to change each other into that image they think they have? Oh, absolutely. And of course, the first relationship is ourselves yes. because we all try to change ourselves. And I think at some point in our life, we do accept ourselves for who we are. 
I, I think that's a huge turning yes. point in our life. Definitely. When you finally say, this is me, and I'm going to, you know, this is the best I could do. And as far as the, the, the specific aspect of being a party person or not, I certainly recall in high school, a teacher pulling me aside and said, the key to happiness is that you must be paired with either a party person, if you're a party person, right. or a person who stays home with a person who stays home. They said everything else will work out. Okay, well, it's not <laughs> Which bad. is in, it's a little insane <laughs> simplification of it. Right. But there actually is a maybe yeah. a kernel of truth to it. What's your wife's name, Bob? My wife's name is Tammy, and Ta her name is a uh, full Ta name is Tamar Stone. Okay. And people can see that she's an artist, okay. and uh, they mm -hmm. can enjoy her work because oh. her work is actually quite exceptional. Oh. Wow. And it's enjoyed in major museums around the world. Awesome. She's the famous one in the family. Okay. Well, there you go. That's good to hear. <laughs> And I'm going to ask you, so uh, first of all, are you both inter introvert people, internal energy, would you say? Uh, I think so, because we also are creative people who like the idea yes. of going back into our mind and work yes. and entertain ourselves. I think the people yes. who are creative need to go back and they're able to sort of entertain right. themselves. But for instance, when I do cartoons, um, whether it's going to be for a magazine or, or whatever it's going to be used for, yes. I've got to make myself laugh. Okay. So first, I'm the my so I'm the first audience, and so, yes. in being introverted is part of the part of the process. Right. There, you got to be able to be comfortable in your own skin. Right. So you're your own audience. You make the joke and you laugh at yourself or, or with yeah. yourself, and that's uh, that's a good thing to do. Now the other thing not, is not not that I'm laughing out loud at home. I just like <laughs> make that clear. I'm well, not insane. Well, but you do have to bit. laugh internally. <laughs> Actually, there's an exercise that we're going to tell you later that actually is about laughter, which is kind of funny. Now, uh, compatibility is, is so crucial in the work I do with love types on uh, Myers-Briggs personality types. And again, you want to be similar. You don't have to be exactly the same, but similarities do often work long-term. Like you say, you're both imaginative, you're both internal energy. But many times, people initially are attracted to the opposites. And in one of your cartoons, you have a very tall woman with a very short guy. Her T-shirt says... One way, his says yield. So, <laughs> now actually, that reminds me. We had John Gray. Uh, you may have heard of him, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus on the show. Sure. And uh, he talks about the, the dominant feminine energies, you know, that all men and women have, uh, yin and yang. And, you know, some women have more of the stronger energy, the yang. Some men have more of the, the yang, the more submissive energies. It can work out if you respect each other's style. And that's the key. Because many times people want to change the other person into something else, or they don't respect the style. And that can be a problem. Uh, and also, uh, when it comes to uh, intimacy as well, so one cartoon says, uh, Santa Claus is in bed reaching for his wife. And she says, take a shower first. You smell like chimneys. So. <laughs> that's a classic spell, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's going back to a, a very uh, familiar saying we all have heard. Yes. And just putting a little twist on it. And the humor from that is that... Yes. It, it's a little unpredictable. I want to point out one other cartoon. Yes. There's a guy screaming at his wife saying, stop referring to you and me as we. Oh, okay. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Do you want to retain that so-called independence and still be part of that? But actually, that's, some of these cartoons are actually pretty philosophical if you really dig deep down. Oh, sure. There, there's, really, no, I mean, uh, there's a strong message. They there. serve a purpose. They, these are, yes. This is the public service. I believe so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and speaking of that, how about your in-laws, uh, Bob? This is a, you know, a lot of humors from that. And actually, oftentimes the truth is the funniest thing. So you have yeah. a married couple in bed and she says to him, uh, my parents completely accept you. It's true, honey. 
but they just don't like you. No, that's true, right? <laughs> you know, that's it's actually a very big thing in every relationship is accepting that person for all their faults. Yes. And often that means accepting their in-laws. Their I mean, family, yeah. Their, 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 their family. Okay. And, and, and it comes all in one big package. You have to yes. take the whole package. Right, exactly. The real test. It is, yeah. Uh, well, obviously, you want to find you know what you love more, you know, the commonalities. And, you know, the research does show that if you focus on those positives, like three, four, four positives to every maybe negative, that's going to build up points in the marriage, emotional points. So you're going to have a stronger relationship or marriage over time. Now, a lot of people do the opposite. They point out four things they hate and maybe say one little thing. Like, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're a terrible lover. You're a bad provider. You're lost with the children, but you make good tortillas. I mean, that's not going to work. <laughs> so you have to... I, have a, I, have a, I have a bit of advice for this. Yes. Uh, take those negative points and just turn them into cartoons ah, and then okay. dispel them. Okay. I, I had said to myself, there were a couple of things that I didn't agree with, with my enemy, of course. Yes. And I said, I'm just going to accept it and never bring it up in my head again. Ah. And I, I put it in the rear view mirror. <laughs> and then I just said, going forward, if this is going to work, I have to put aside those differences and just move on. Now, I don't know if this could happen in every case. Yes. For instance, I know couples now who are going through this summer and they're from yes. different political parties. Right. And you have, you have inter, not just interracial couples. Yes. That seems to be no problem. Right. And, 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 interpolitical couples, you're saying. That yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And, and they're just staying home a lot and they're maybe fighting more, right? Because they're not, um, you know, using their energy to go golfing or whatever or, you know, or shopping or something as they used to do. So that's an issue as well. And, uh, and of course, unfortunately, uh, Bob, we get to, uh, you know, one of the last stages uh, of, of what's called divorce, where, you know, a lot of, uh, unfortunately, 50% of first marriages, they say end in divorce and 60% of second marriages end in divorce, which is kind of <laughs> sad, but divorce, I mean, there is some light to it. Uh, one of the cartoons, a woman is at a jewelry store and she says to the attendant, can you recommend something for the attorney who got me everything? <laughs> so, well, the attorney gets it, right? <laughs> okay. Doctor, when I first was approached to do this book, the publisher yeah. wanted me to just do divorce. Oh, okay. Just divorce, which is sad, and but he, also funny in some ways, I guess you could say. Well, they felt that they were doing something kind for people going through it. They thought oh, this would be what people needed. Because yes. everything, and we all agree, divorce is one of the most difficult things in life. Yes. But uh, they felt this book could provide that. On the other hand, we both reasoned that we should include everything from love and divorce. Yes. There were aspects of love that are just as painful. Mm. And also we needed to have some, some, you know, enlightenment and some optimism. Yes. Exactly. So it couldn't just be the end. We, beginning and end. Right, exactly. No, I like that. Yeah, it's a more, uh, you know, kind of combination of experience. But it is good that you are doing this to lighten people's loads because humor can increase your improve your perspective. It gives you an overall picture. And I think the idea that you said that everything is going to be okay. That's kind of a message, right? That no matter what, you can laugh at something, right? You can laugh at it later on once the pain has subsided. You can see it in a different way. And of course, you know, one of the things that actually is very painful if a lot of people in divorce is the children because they're separated many times from their children. They can't see them as much. There's child custody battles and financial support battles. And... What do you think of that, Bob? Should people stay together for the sake of their children? A lot of people actually do that. They have, you know, they're incompatible. Maybe they're not really physically abusive marriages, but they're incompatible. Do you think they should stay together for their children's sake? Well, that's case by case, and you know, I, I'm not a doctor. No, of course. I just play. I just play one on TV. <laughs> on TV, exactly. And I, and I think that um, 
you know, that that's now getting into something very serious. You know, my role that I felt in this life, I felt this way sometimes, yes. is to make people laugh. Yes. So I'm not trying to preach. I am trying to um, make people just get through their day a little easier. Right. Uh, so when it comes to something like that, you know, it's obviously the most painful part of a divorce yes. is how it affects children. Right. But sometimes pain twisted around can become humor. And actually, it can help, you know, lighten the load. But actually, if you use it. Yeah, if you use it properly, yeah. Because one of the studies does show that actually children are often hurt by divorce in terms of their self esteem, school performance, and other things. Uh, but the exception is if the child is highly sensitive and they hear the fight, you know, maybe there's not physical abuse, maybe there's just emotional arguments, they're better off sometimes away from that, uh, you know, psychologically. But let's get into the humor part. So let's lighten the load. So uh, one of the cartoons says a little girl with the dad. Uh, she her her teacher says daddy's a little girl. Weekends and alternative Wednesdays. Poor thing. Okay. That's that diffuses a, diffusing yeah. a, a sticky situation. Yes, absolutely. Okay. How about this one? There's a, a two rats talking to an auditorium of a lot of rats, and they says, um, "Your father and I want to explain why we, we decided to part." <laughs> Can you imagine the child support for all those rats? I mean, that's, uh, all those babies, right? They make. <laughs> it's actually a beautiful drawing, and I'm sorry we can't show it. But, uh, okay. But, but yeah. Well, if you go to your website, we'll, we're going to give them that information. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so Bob, how do we become more humorous? So let's, let's say that we're in a relationship. Maybe there's a little bit of discord. Maybe we're depressed because of the, um, the, the virus issue and economic problems or whatever. What do we do? And now we can maybe listen to some YouTube videos and certain cartoons we can watch and all that with, with our partner. What do you suggest? How do we get more humor into our life? Well, to be more playful helps. Mm. I, I use playfulness as a, mm. a method to being more creative. Yes. You can't be creative if you're anxious and you're feeling dread. Yes. And that's why I talk about, I speak about this in different places. Uh, during this pandemic, writers and artists are struggling with being creative. And then the reason for that is because they're anxious and it's a, it's a tough time. So I try to encourage them to find a place in their mind or physically that they can be more playful and relieve themselves of the stress. It's actually mentioned that I have another book, uh, The Element of Stress, yes. kind of addresses this, how to deal with stress. And yes. so people could find a place or, or, or remember a thing that's a good memory. As a matter of fact, it kind of touches on your last – I don't know if it was your last guest, but one yes. of your previous guests recently – Wendell Miracle. Oh, you did your research. That's good. Yeah, but, but Wendell, I caught my eye because of what a great name. Oh, yeah, Wendell Miracle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really want to change my name now. <laughs> well, when he became a citizen, they said you can change your name for free. So I said, I'll, I'll do it. I'll call it Miracle. So that's the Why not? I'm sure <laughs> that's a really good well, What would you want to change your name to, Bob? Uh, what will it be? Bob America or something? Or Bob, uh, Bob Fun? A uh, Super Bob. Oh, super, super okay. Super, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, obviously Wendell was onto something there, attracting yes. the opposite sex. Yes. Miracle, I'm sure, got a lot uh, of people's interest. Not bad, not bad. Money would be nice too, but he, he didn't get that one. But, uh, oh, that's a, that's a <laughs> very <laughs> wealthy Bob. <laughs> uh, Bob Squarepants. No, not that one. That's a different one. Yeah, okay. already taken. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, actually, Reggie, come over here, my producer. 
Now, uh, Reggie uh, has been with me for a long time, as you know, and he has a small I've announcement. I've uh, Small announcement to make. Reggie, you just had a, a relationship success. Mm -hmm. well, tell us about it. You, you haven't yeah. really had a real relationship in a long time. Yeah, um, well, I remember we talked at the book fair about um, our Dr. Avila and I's long-standing bet for me for him to help me out the date, and um, I actually wanted to um, say I've kind of done one up. Um, I'm on my had my second date, official date, um, like going in knowing that was a date. Um, recently darn it i'm on a hundred bucks i'm not pay for his date now <laughs> I, I promised i paid him a hundred dollars if you can get a date with a nice gal mm -hmm. uh to, you know, for the day so right. all right john good job right i'll yeah, give you a high five yeah uh, so what do you think bob he, he, i think he took well, your advice he, he lightened things up a little bit and became more humorous Come back. Yeah, yeah, you're still here. okay slow but steady took a year that's fine though okay. i mean uh, treat her nice let's take mm -hmm. this nicely treat her like uh yes. like the queen that she is yes mm -hmm. and let's see if we can get to uh the second and third date there, successfully there you go. maybe next year right the third date yeah exactly. no no no, no <laughs> not, not next year no, no. <laughs> right well reggie uh, uh bob this is an exercise we do called uh humorous contagious or laughter uh and okay. we have like what's called laughter parties so you get together with a few friends you start laughing for no reason and it becomes uh, contagious. So let's try it right now, Reggie. So start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, laugh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bob, that's not a laugh. That's a smirk. But we're, oh, we're you know what? You, yeah, I'm a professional. This uh, is something. Uh, oh, okay. All right. You're very calm about it, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm laugh. I'm I'm hysterical on the you, inside. You're laughing. Okay, okay, great. All right, right. Good job, Reggie. Uh, Bye. You. Reggie, thanks a lot. Good to see you. Yes. Good to see you too, yes. Bob. But, you know, Bob's moods are contagious. As you know, you walk into a room of negative people, you can feel the same way. Or you can walk into a room of, of positive people. Or, I mean, you're, you're positive. You're laughing. You can infect yeah. them with laughter. Absolutely. And, and I think that's what yeah. you're trying to do here. Now, you don't laugh, uh, Bob? I, I noticed that. No, no, I'm laughing. No, no, I'm no, laughing. no. But are you the, like, ah, hysterical? Or are you more like a calm laugher, how would you say? No, that was it. That was oh, it. No, okay. One, once in a while, I'll explode. <laughs> it's sort of like a, a pressure cooker building okay. up. Okay, okay. And there'll be something that someone says to me, right. and I just explode with laughter. Right. And that's a tension release. Exactly. And just yeah. it's just to make you feel good. I mean, right. and it can happen anywhere. Well, what if you're in an inappropriate place, like almost a funeral, and someone starts giggling by mistake, and you, you try to laugh and suppress it? Has that ever happened to you, or have you ever seen that? Well, I when you say that, the first thing I do think of as a student of comedy, yes. this is the most famous TV uh, episode ever, yes. which is the Mary Tyler Moore show right. when Mary Tyler Moore is at Chuckles the Clown's funeral <laughs> and she can't stop laughing oh, and yes. everyone else is. trying to cover your mouth it, and all that and like you can't stop it, right? Yeah, it's considered the most, uh, the best oh. episode ever on television wow, history. Wow, Because it's a true thing, right? People have this irresistible urge sometimes to laugh no matter what, right? Oh, I do that. I do that now with Zooms. There'll okay. be a solemn Zoom meeting yes. and everyone's really whatever. <laughs> yes. And I'll get one person to laugh mm. and then they can't even control it. And right. they have to turn off their video because <laughs> they can't be seen like totally yes. doubling over. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of powerful. That is, that is my skill. I can do that oh, really okay. well. Oh, okay. Okay. You can do it. It's okay. a rune, of Zoom, rune Zoom meetings. <laughs> okay. You can destroy the Zooms in the world. Okay. Well, exactly. Bob, uh, a, a couple of things here now. If you could do one tweet to the world... What would that tweet be? Uh, buy my book. Okay, that's a nice one. Okay, all right. Okay, no, that's no. good. All right, how about uh, number two? Let's see. <laughs> um, yeah, well, well, you're putting me on the spot here. My goodness. Yeah, pretty uh, slow. I, I think I'm going to go with the what I said earlier, which is things can't get worse, but they can get much funnier. Okay. Uh, tell me more about that. What does that mean, actually? Give me the more of the 
Pilia about? Oh, well, you know, going through everything that we've all been through yeah. this year, I mean, we all could agree that we need some funny. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's time to try to turn this around and to find something funny in it. Exactly. What's one of the biggest investments you've ever made in your life? I mean, time, money, or energy that really paid off quite a bit. Well, I would say where you're reaching me right now, I purchased this fixer-upper in the woods. Oh, wow. And, and it took a lot of time to, to, to get it working. In, in other words, I had to put in the electricity and the plumbing. Hmm. The house really didn't have any of those utilities. And now it's a beautiful dream house. And um, it is my oasis. And it is what we talked about earlier, yes. where you need to go someplace. Right. This is where I go. Okay. So you have a writer's cabin or a little place you can be creative, it sounds like. Absolutely. Uh, Little waterfalls, everything. That's wonderful. You told me you've written two books and 50 cartoons during the pandemic. Uh, You've kind of like turned this into a powerful creative time. What's your secret for that? I mean, how can people do that right now? How can we turn this, you know, seclusion or whatever it is into something positive or creative? Well, everyone has their own voice and you got to see things in a certain way. And the the experience that I went through, I try to see it in my unique way. Yes. And try to give people something to see it, something different. For instance, back to school, I did a large piece called Back to Zoom ah. in which uh, people had to get their children prepared for the school year. Yes. And I had them buying all the things for kids for school, like Dr. Fauci lunchbox. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, uh, gloves that were cheap with cheat notes on them. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> okay. and uh, fruit rolls that are also disinfectants for oh, their okay. uh, keyboard and their, their mouse. That's clever. So I try to take something that we all see day to day and turn it on its head and find some humor in it, see if something is something different. I like that. I, I came up with the game Pandemic Monopoly. Oh, wow. So you buy up all the distressed properties or what do you do there? Or just uh, kind of like... <laughs> well, the, well, the properties are all different. And like instead of the lowest ones, like yeah. Baltic and Mediterranean yeah. is the first ones, right. you have your living room and your basement. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> all the places were set. Waterworks was turned into uh-huh. wash your hands. Oh, okay. I like that. Very clever. Okay. You got the creativity flowing today. I like that. Okay. So, Bob, where do we go from here now? Uh, what are you excited about? I know you got the two books coming out or have come out. Uh, what's in the future for you? Any great things you've been working on or, or interested in? Well, I, I just came out with the book Elements of Stress. Yes. And that's all about – it's a handbook. Yes. So from there, I want to do the Elements of Stress, the musical. Uh, the musical. Okay. So we're going to sing and dance and uh, eliminate our stress with dancing? Or no, of course not. I'm just joking. <laughs> okay. Right. Nothing like that. Okay, Bob. <laughs> that would be insane. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, no. There's no musical. But uh, okay. what's happening next is just me getting the word out. Yes. And uh, trying to breathe into a paper bag as I watch the debates oh. and get through the selection. Okay, that sounds great. Okay, bye. We're taking this one step at a time. Yes, definitely. Let's get through November first. Well, one moment at a time, right? Let's say, okay. Exactly. All right, Bob. So we're, uh, it's been a wonderful having you on the show. Where can we hear more about your work, your website, and everything else that you're doing? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Definitely. I always have a good time with you. Yeah, this is it? the third time, actually, I think, yes. that yes. we've spoken. Um, you could send people my way by going to my website and it's just my name it's bobeckstein.com yes and i'm going to spell it it's a b-o-b-e-c-k-s-t-e-i-n okay or you can go to elementsofstress.com and there's also um, information there to get yourself stress-free for the rest of this year okay one little tip for stress-free that you can give us right now yeah okay here we go um potato rolls potato Um, rolls you want to 
you know, if you want to eat a hamburger, use a potato roll. A diet has a lot to do with stress. Uh-huh. Good point. If you're on a diet, use the potato roll as yeah. a stress ball. Okay, there you go. Okay, don't eat it. Just use it. <laughs> just use it. Just use <laughs> okay. it. Okay. Well, listen, at short notice, that's the best you're going to get. Okay, well, okay? not bad. Okay. <laughs> not bad, but it's going to relieve stress. Yeah, laughter can reduce calories too, right? So that, that actually helps because you don't have to eat. Okay. Oh, you know what? You know, it depends. Now, are you are you putting on the pounds or are you losing weight? Uh, actually, I put on a little bit. In? I'm trying to get uh, losing a little bit now, so back into it. <laughs> I mean, because you go one way or the other. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. everyone's either losing it or gaining it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, losing is better, you know, if you can do it. But don't, don't lose your mind. Lose your weight. That's a better. So, okay. Uh, so, Bob, it's been a pleasure. This is Dr. Alex Avi, Love University. You can visit us at loveuniversity.love. Write to us at loveuniversitylove at gmail.com. Call us at 310-226-8090. Tell us what you thought about today's show and Bob's humor. And if you want to send in some questions or maybe be on the show, let us know. Bob, it's been a pleasure. Let's keep in touch. We'll keep uh, going this out. And whenever we see you again, we'll get you back on. Good luck, Reggie. All right. All right. Thank hey, you. Okay. <laughs> Follow up with them. Okay. Right. Right. Maybe the babies are coming next, right? We'll see. Oh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, try, find them out. Okay. <laughs> right, bye. That was a great interview with Bob Eckstein, world-renowned cartoonist and humorist. So if you want to learn more about what we do at Love University, we're talking about how to love yourself, others, and a higher nature, how to improve your life in every way through psychology, spirituality, self-help. And really starting with that inner love as well. What you can do is you can like us on Facebook at Love University Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Love Letter U Podcast. Also subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Until next time, this is Dr. Alex Avila. Go out and make this a humorous, laughing week. Despite the obstacles and tragedies that we may face, humor is the bomb. It's this perspective. It's the soothing of life. Laugh and the world laughs with you. Dr. Abila. 